0: Traveling
1: the, the vortex. vortex We joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and on right episode 488, and the TARDIS is a fan of this podcast too. I'm Keith.
2: I'm Sean. I'm
0: Glenn.
1: How are you guys?
0: Pretty good. How about you?
1: Pretty good.
2: I'm wondering if we're one of the TARDIS's top 10 podcasts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the doctor did inspire it. That's right. Did you guys do anything this week?
2: Um, I'm trying to think if I did anything this week. Are you
1: you... celebrating some Easter stuff?
2: Oh, yeah.
0: We did have Easter.
2: There was that.
1: We don't have little ones
0: anymore, so the kids got Easter baskets from us, but the our biggest excitement is we went to lunch with my parents and then went over to their house and played some games. That was pretty much it.
2: We did a um, Easter egg hunt. Um, at, at Mel's church that she works for invited us to. So I got to go and get some eggs. And then um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Topeka West apparently has a fundraiser where they it's a dollar an egg and you tell them what your child likes and what color. And then they go and get the eggs and fill them and hide them so you Hmm. wake up easter morning and there's eggs in the yard this is the greatest thing ever that's pretty awesome like we came outside and i'd forgotten (laughs) (laughs) so i was just as surprised as she was (laughs) and then there was that brief moment of panic about i don't know where the eggs are at Eh, I don't care. I'm just going to sit here and have my, my morning tea, you know, <laughs> <laughs> look over there, shy. There might be something behind the house. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun and she got necklaces and, uh, you know, um, a little bit of candy and, you know, stuff. Just, she had a blast and it's like, apparently this is now, they, they, uh, started doing this a couple of years back and it has become like the fundraiser. Like they don't bother with anything else because this has been so <laughs> successful uh, and it's like, yeah, no lie. I mean, come on now. There's a part of me that's really upset that the kids of today in high school are not being forced to, you know, shut candy bars and whatnot, but, uh, I, I, I guess good for them.
1: Yeah. But having to get up really early to go hide Easter eggs, so to say still this, something.
2: this is more commendable
1: because they get a
0: almost a hundred percent of the profit. It's not going to some Mars candy bar company where they're only getting like a skimming off the top of it.
2: That's you very know. true. But uh, so, yeah, totally we'll do this again next year because it was awesome. <laughs>
1: That's pretty cool. Jimmy got to take part in an Easter egg hunt at uh, her grandparents, and then we had one here too. So, Liam wasn't too sure what to do, he wasn't too sure about walking around in shoes outside. <laughs> Still getting used to that. Yeah.
0: Did you guys watch anything? you watch anything new? Because <laughs> I watched stuff; it was just all old stuff, stuff I've seen I mean, before or talked about before. Falcon
2: current and Winter Soldier. On, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Current on that? Oh, you are. Yeah. Even this
1: weekend's even, episode. Even this
0: last weekend.
2: We we actually watched it tonight.
0: Oh wow!
1: Oh, it's been good. I'm enjoying it.
0: Yeah, yeah i I, I think I can see. So you guys knew that there was a subplot that was completely taken out, that was edited out because of the coronavirus.
1: No, I they've never said
0: that. exactly what it is, but I suspect it must have been a virus or something related, because the flag smashers are, you know, they're stealing medicine and vaccines. They've, they've, you know, they've acknowledged that, but. This particular episode in particular, there were things that felt really truncated and kind of lost, and I'm wondering if maybe that whatever mm-hmm. sub sub uh, subplot that was kind of pulled out has maybe made things a little disjointed because there were a few things that happened that I thought, okay, I really kind of needed more from that or more setup or more you know exposition in order to either A, understand or B, sympathize with, a certain character. So that. other than that, I think that's the only thing that I, I have been, I've disliked about it. Everything else about it's been great.
2: I think I really need to go back and rewatch um, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Captain America, Civil War.
1: Oh, <laughs> just yeah. watch the yeah. legends thing. Yeah.
2: It's been just long enough that I'm like, Oh God, is that that person from that one thing uh, that they did that one time?
0: I'm with Keith. I'd go back and of course we're doing a watch through again. But go go watch those. <laughs> go watch the legends things that they do that they have on Disney Plus. Those are really cool. they will give you a real good recap.
1: They even have them for Sharon and Zemo.
0: Oh, they do now. I hadn't seen those. We the last ones yeah, we those, watched were uh, Falcon and and uh, Bucky.
1: I think those two dropped one week, and then the other two dropped another week.
0: Ah, huh, cool. I'm gonna check those out.
1: You Although I found, the seat forward.
0: I found there was a lot of uh, uh, crossover. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, there was quite a bit. <laughs>
0: uh, um, that was it. I haven't watched Godzilla vs. King Kong. Sean, you saw it, right? What'd you think?
2: I've watched it twice. Oh, wow! Twice, <laughs> if, a, if, if that's an indicator. Yeah. Um, it is absolutely bonkers but in a good way, and it's it's very flawed. There's way too many humans, <laughs> and there's way too much human plot in order to set things up. But I didn't come for any of that. I came to see giant monkey, giant lizard fight, and I got <laughs> giant monkey, giant lizard fight, so I was, I was pretty happy. No, you
0: didn't.
1: You had giant ape fight.
2: <laughs> you and <in> what army?
0: <laughs> it's been getting really good... Um... It's so been getting really good feedback. I don't think the reviews have been great, but a lot of people have said they've enjoyed it. So,
2: it's it's just a you know if you if you really want to nitpick things, yes, you can. But again, I, I didn't go into this film for for those things. I went into this film for for SmackDown. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's 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 kind of what it is, and it's like all right, I'm good with that. I, I think it's seventy
1: five percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: If we don't get another uh MonsterVerse. Installment. Uh, it will be kind of a shame, but I could also see them going out on this one. So.
0: Oh no! Because if this one does well, they'll go out on another, on one that doesn't do well. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our uh, reviews this week.
1: Situation vacant.
0: Coming soon from Big Finish Productions.
2: Good morning, I'm the Doctor.
0: My name's Asha Qureshi.
2: And
1: um, I'm uh, Theo Lawson.
0: My name's Juliet Walsh.
1: Uh, Hugh Bainbridge. I've relied on my companions for help. Theo, grab the end of the cable, then come back. I'm on it. Advice? We need to take bold, smart, effective action.
0: I've relied on their skills.
2: Doctor, look, it's got a USB port. Knowledge? You know, it's not just scientists who've disappeared.
0: And sense of morality.
2: Not so fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You need to be self-motivated.
1: What do you think you're doing? Saving your life!
0: Bravery. Oh, crikey, it's coming this way. But also capable of working harmoniously with me and anybody else who might join us in my TARDIS. Please follow me into the blue box. Any questions? Doctor Who. Situation vacant. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com um,
2: Bum bum bum. Uh oh. Silence um, on the other end of the mics. Uh, it's
0: it's not a bad it's not a bad story. In fact, at times it's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I I think my problem with it is, is it is it doesn't take itself serious enough, and which I know that sounds like an odd comment to say about a Doctor Who story that is you know sometimes they take themselves too seriously in these cases where they do these kind of maybe a little different ideas but this one i thought just it there is on the verge of being too silly and, and i the irony of it is that we we always joke about how uh, companions how the doctor's always auditioning companions but in such a more subtle way than just coming out and out auditioning companions and I think when it when it started, I was I was I was a little put off because I thought this doesn't seem like something the Eighth Doctor would do, and it doesn't seem like actually anything that it, that the Doctor would do at all in any of his incarnations. But uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to kind of I'll, I'll roll with this, and I'm kind of glad that they went the direction of they did that it was kind of a setup and that somebody else had done it. But it, <sighs> I think it goes too far as to try to make itself silly and si- serious at the same time. Does that make any sense? We've got the one gal who is supposedly hunting him down and they 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 rectify that later when we find out that it, this wasn't actually meant it was it's the other person that she was supposed to be running down, but there's no I mean it's it's almost like every time something's revealed about one of these four members, it's it's like a, th- a 180 degree turn when it's revealed who they really are, what their motives are, what they're really doing. And so mm-hmm. I think if it had been more subtle or or it, they'd had a chance to kind of maybe expand on it and slowly roll into those reveals, I think that would have worked better. But I, with the time constraints, I can understand why you know they kind of had to move things along. But that's another thing is I think this story felt very rushed for as much stuff as they put into it. There's a lot of things going on here. There's a lot of clever ideas but I really kind of felt like everything kind of rolled out and was rushed as we went. So that was just a couple of my problems with it. Like I say, I didn't hate it. I, I had a lot of fun listening to it. And um, in fact, uh, Joe Thomas, I immediately recognized his voice. He's from one of my favorite uh, shows, the in-betweeners uh, just immediately went, Oh, okay. I know this guy. So that already, you know, kind of brought up the excitement for me. And he v- was very much, a character that he's played many times in the past, so um, so I really enjoyed him, and I thought all the performances are really good. Um, it's just you know it, there, there was just a few things that bugged me about it. And those those were just a few of them. What about you, Keith? Uh, I
1: I I had fun listening to it, and I kind of agree with what you said with some of it, and I feel like there was about perhaps too too many. Re- twists and reveals for the potential companions like every single one wound up being someone they're not really so I felt like that was a bit too much and maybe that would also made it feel a little rushed also um, but I thought the idea was pretty clever, and then, then when it comes down to the fact that it wasn't actually the Doctor who put this emotion, and he just kind of stumbled into it and wound up getting a companion off of it, I thought that was a, a really clever way to introduce a new companion. I agree with um, that, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of meat to it, really, since we don't really know who's behind everything that kind of happened within the story Mm -hmm. other than the one scientist made that you know that part of it is kind of all tied up but I feel like the bigger story that's happening um, doesn't really get resolved so it's kind of a almost a part one t- sort of situation
0: yeah and I, I sort of chalk that up and and sean may be able to verify this for us because he has listened to more of these than us but i have a feeling that they've started a, a common thread especially since we've been introduced to a new companion i kind of felt like we were going to be strung along for a little bit in order to have sort of a new uh narrative thread going through some of the, the rest of the series
1: yeah and I don't know how to feel about Tamsin yet because I feel like I don't know her since yeah. she was a different character throughout the entire story. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm I'm think I'm supposed to like Tamsin, but I don't know her yet. So I got to right. kind of wait to get to know her a little bit more. And the other characters, while they were fun to listen to, I'm glad none of them wound up being companions either because right. they weren't they weren't very good.
0: When Tamsin gets cast off very early, and I think that was another problem that I had with it, is if the Doctor so easily turned her away, her winning him over at the end seemed almost a little too forced. Like, I think had he struggled with the idea of, okay, you know, you're out the door kind of thing, I, I maybe I would have had a better uh, acceptance of him at, at the end, you know, asking her to come along. But he was so very ready to, you know, you know, you're done, you know, you did this, you screwed up, you're out, and and maybe that yeah. was maybe that was to because he recognized that she wasn't as much of a threat or or a need to unravel, uh, uh, you know, their true their true identity. But he, the second gal, he was caught by surprise by her. So I don't think he. Uh, the, you know he kind of sussed out the other two as as we went but it was the the first or the second gal was kind of a surprise to him so
1: yeah well and she comes along almost in like a well you're the only one left i guess you'll do yeah that sort true. of it it felt like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which i don't true. think is a good enough reason to take someone with him it <laughs> probably so <not>. yeah <laughs> Oh, I got no other option. You're the last one standing, so I guess you'll be my companion. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's good. Great relationship you're gonna have there, Doctor. Uh-huh. I was r well, I was really surprised when the one wound up being a vampire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing about it is is it almost felt like it was too campy. Like maybe they needed to reel back the camp just a little bit. Um, I I mean, I know why they were doing it the way they were doing is they were, they, they were going for the camp. They were going for not taking themselves too seriously, but I think it almost, it just vaguely tips over too far into camp. And I think that was another thing that bugged me about it.
2: In response And I will (laughs) tiptoe around future spoilers, (laughs) um, the tone and the camp. I very much done on purpose in my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, first of all, it's, it's Eddie Robson who has, has kind of established himself as one of the more comedic, uh, eighth doctor writers. I think that we've, we've run into. And since this one is set at some point in time after the events of death and Blackpool where we have killed off Auntie Pat and pretty much demolished the doctor's relationship with Lucy. That one ends on a really, I mean, even, even though we've got the the random Santa wandering around in that one, that one's still a bit of a heavy episode. Mm-hmm. And so they purposely went with a, a much lighter a tongue firmly placed in cheek, uh, farce almost to kind of help alleviate that. And in my mind, it's done with, with, you know, with a changeover of companions, much like, uh, you know, with Rose leaving, Oh, they're automatically going to hate whoever we, we throw in there. So let's give them a really terrible Donna that nobody likes so that they'll be more accepting of, uh, Martha, Martha. Almost had called her Marsha and my brain was going, that's not right. <laughs>
0: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha.
2: So, I, I think that was very much done on purpose. Um, and maybe it goes a little too far. But, the seeds that are planted here do pay dividends. So, without, all, all will be revealed. So, if you think maybe this was a little uh, a, a little too much set up and light on resolution, there is a reason for that as well. Yeah, yeah. And yes, it's okay to light Tamson. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure I will, because sure I think Keith's the same way, is I think she'll become uh, a better companion, but I'm with Keith, and there's, we don't get enough of her real personality, I think, here in order to uh, draw a conclusion, and I think that what you said makes a lot of sense, that this was actually kind of a clever way to bring a new companion in, and kind of soft sell them, and not focus on that companion, to kind of maybe divert us from making that snap decision. So that makes a lot of sense to me, Sean. I I, I agree with that.
1: And it, and it is kind of a palate cleanser too. I mean, it does lighten the mood as you say, uh, after the last one, which did end on a very kind of sour note. Yeah.
2: And it, it it's, it's crafted in such a way. Again, I'm, 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 I, I knew I was going to have a hard time talking about this one, <laughs> C- curse me in my scheduling. I should've, I should've planned this better, but, um, it is, it is a very difficult one to talk about because in many ways it, th- things that happen here will be called back upon. Mm. In some ways it's just a complete, ta-da, new companion and, and you move on. But th- there, there are lots of little things that are like, oh, that's going to pay off. Oh, that's going to pay off. Oh yeah. I remember that. Uh, so I was just kind of beside myself, but again, I'm coming at this from a completely different standpoint from, from you too. Um, Tamsin, I think is her, her fake persona. Uh, you know, first of all, the, the, the fact that she was named Juliet, it was <laughs> kind of one extra really. <laughs> a little on the nose for an actress, isn't it? Okay. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's just a lot of, I, 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 I enjoyed the, oh uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Occasionally I like to be hit over the head with things. And, and, in in some ways I feel like this one has some very obvious Hits over the head that are, are, are just there. And the, the jokes are so obvious that it's like, really? And then again, i think I think those are done on purpose as well to hide some of the, this is going to pay off later. So I'm not going to say anything else. Cause I don't want to spoil it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't spoil it for us.
2: Okay, I'll spoil it. So anyway, there's this thing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I have much more to say. I mean, I, again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, you know, Debbie Downer on it. it. It it had some good points and it was an enjoyable listen. I just I had fun in spots that were supposed to be fun. Giant giant robots in the street. I mean, that was fun. <laughs> the vampire reveal was fun. It, all albeit a little camp. It was it was it was fun that that was thrown in. But I think I just felt rushed along. I think that was my biggest. My biggest regret was that it didn't have time to kind of breathe and develop these characters a little better but
2: and that I yeah, can agree
1: in, with. The, in the the auditioning process I felt like could have gone on a little longer and it, it that part also overshadows any meat that was in this story of what was going on with the scientists who created the software that becomes sentient and right. you know all all of that stuff, which is kind of a cool story that they could have done easy, easily, fleshed out into its own. And it just feels pushed to the back burner to do this, uh, reality show parody. Yeah. It, it's very much a, uh, we're, I'm going to tell you this,
2: but not because it's important for that. Right. But in, in a lot of ways, I, I do feel like in some, in, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's where Paul McGann is at his best is when he's forced to tap dance a little bit. He the, this the persona of the eighth Doctor is that, so much fun in those.
0: I would agree. I think, and I think the eighth Doctor is the best at improvising a situation. He's very mm-hmm. much in control of the improvisation. When he's caught off guard, he's able to roll with it. I think better than any Doctor, uh, in in all of Doctor Who, and and so I really enjoy the way McGann performs that. You know, as you said, dancing around the the the. Uh, uh, situations
2: fear not we will return to the eighth doctor's line sooner rather than later uh, into the world notwithstanding
1: yay (laughs) yeah good because i had to go back and re-listen to the previous one just to make sure i knew where we were
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's move on to the next one
1: hidden human history this critically acclaimed news story sees the doc- 13th Doctor, Ryan, Yaz, and Graham stumble upon a sinister alien race with a thirst for human blood. Their second comic book adventure sees the gang track the stillion flesh eaters throughout history, encountering friends old and new along the way. For once, the humans seem to know more about what's going on than the Doctor, thanks to a podcast, Hidden Human History, that everyone is listening to, everyone that is, except the Doctor.
2: I will also give
1: this one a bum-bum-bum.
2: Mm. Why don't you
0: start, Sean? <laughs> Convince me.
2: Um, I, yes. This one was, first of all, I think it's been just long enough since the bad taste that was left in my mouth from the uh, holiday special. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that getting back into a 13th Doctor story was like, oh, I have missed these people. And this is kind of a light, uh, you know. There, there's nothing terribly earth-shattering uh, that, that's happening. Um, we are led to believe maybe there is, especially in that first issue. Um, but as things progress, it's you know, not. It's a, It's a little more mundane of a threat. And in some ways, I liked that. Uh, I liked the fact that they, it wasn't anything too heavy. And part of that I think stems from a new appreciation that I gained for the 13th Doctor uh, after a discussion we had on Tardis Sauce where we talked just a little bit about um, the Doctor's personas kind of bubbling back up to the surface and how uh, you you can pair them off in some regards and uh, the comparison was made between 5 and 13 and how just generally affable they are and I had never really made that connection before. And that suddenly made me begin to wonder if perhaps the storytelling is also being mirrored to the Fifth Doctor's era. Which might explain why I personally am having a harder time enjoying the Thirteenth Doctor's era, because I didn't enjoy the Fifth Doctor's era all that much. While I still enjoy the actors, it may just be coming down to you know those little similarities in, in beat and theme. And so to come into this story and have that kind of fresh in the back of my mind may, um, you know, certainly colored my perception of a little bit, but I went looking at it with, you know, maybe a new set of eyes. Mm -hmm. And I, I came out with a story that while nothing really earth shattering happened, it just kind of gave me a new appreciation for the interactions of these characters, which is something that I've always enjoyed. Um... While I've complained about maybe some of the timing being off with a bigger TARDIS family, I can't complain about the interactivity between them. And the fact that the humans knew what was up because they listened to this podcast and they were able to fill in these, you know, kind of broad strokes of knowledge. And the doctor just kind of sat back with this beaming, look at you, I'm so proud uh, kind of response <laughs> to the whole thing, and it it, it just felt good. Oh, yeah, it, just, a, it was a it, it was a feel good comic.
0: I think she's a little hurt, offended, and maybe jealous at the beginning, but yes, I yeah. think it, I think it proceeds to that.
2: But um, I also I, I enjoyed the ending. I, I thought uh, the 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 way that this kind of comes together and ties itself off in a neat little bow, and that's the end of it. Is like okay, yeah, that was that was just kind of a a nifty little thing i think we're being set up for for some other elements with the the time agency
0: i hope so because that was that was probably one of my biggest uh, problems with the story arc is the fact that they show up almost just to be another confirmation that they know about mm-hmm. this podcast because they don't really do much and there's really yeah. not much purpose of them being there again except for to give us somebody else in a different time period that is also listening to this podcast or is familiar with this podcast that the doctor's not familiar with. So, um, I think it was a waste of the characters, but I'm hoping as you said, that we're being set up to, uh, have more, uh, stories or a more storyline with those two. I think that that'll, I think that'll maybe rectify, their appearance in this particular story arc.
2: Uh,
0: it yeah, was, you're, it, you're, you're totally right yeah. that they are the
2: weak link because it, it feels very much like a, because the overarching story is that the main villain, if you will, is not much of a villain and yeah. it's not much of a threat, we have to have somebody come in to fire some guns.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But that's the thing, though. That they are a threat in the first issue and they are a threat in the second issue and it they don't really... They scare them off, but that's all that happens. They don't really resolve the issue and just kind of take off and leave. So if, in my mind, these aliens come back in a fortnight or the next night and start feeding again, which obviously they have been because they evolved. So part of me has struggled with the story, too, because we're Well, I see where they're going and seeing these aliens evolve and grow and become assimilated. That's a very long time For them to just go, okay, that's fine. What's taken care of when it really hasn't been, right? Even on the doctor's standards of cleaning up messes, this was not a cleanup. This wasn't even a resolution. It was just a this one time it's okay, and don't they'll be back, but that's okay. It's just that part didn't sit right with me.
0: If I if they had given us any sort of indication that they just they fed one night every millennia or every 100 or you know whatever it was 400 years i I, i'm with you sean or keith i would have had no problem with that but i i thought the same thing it was almost like they were we've fixed the problem for now but what about tomorrow night what about next week what about you know and so I kind of felt the same way, that things weren't really being resolved. And there was a purpose for that, but it just felt like hanging out there. And that was the other thing that, that you pointed on, is they were dangerous at first. They evolved to be not so dangerous, but that only is happens because the one attacks the doctor. And whatever right. DNA she absorbed from her is the reason why she becomes you know less aggressive and evolves into the to what she becomes more more human and so i had i had a little problem with that too because it was circumstantial i mean yeah what doctor who story isn't circumstantial but it felt it was it was obviously it was in your face circumstantial this time um so that was one of the problems i had with it as well it was g- go ahead go ahead
1: I, I will give it a little bit of credit in the fact that I think somewhere down the line, maybe in issue two or might be—I think it was four. This was four issues, so it might have been an issue three, where she talks about how they're only feeding this day alive and not killing any more. Right. <laughs> well, right. okay, so that's progress, but that's that any more part is like, well, they still were killing previously, and you right. should have dealt with it.
0: It was nice to to have the you know the familiar TARDIS crew back, especially since we said goodbye to half of the crew, <laughs> or two thirds of the crew. Yeah. So it was nice to have uh, them back together again, and you know even eh, even if it is retroactively, um, so that that was kind of nice. But I think overall too, for a what is it a four issue arc, or was it yeah four issue arc? It was it was kind of middling. There wasn't a lot going on, and that was. A problem because it kept, it felt too long and drawn out, even though we were stepping through time and each time was a different incident. It still felt like that because of the fact that there was no real resolution at the end of each of these incidents, it felt like it took way too long to get to a resolution. And so that was another problem I had with it.
1: That being said, Jody Hauser captured everyone's voice really well.
0: I would agree with that, yeah.
1: That's something that I can I can definitely
2: get behind is that the the characters that are interactions or responses, it just the the voice of these people was very much present uh, on the page and, and the artwork I thought was uh, was spot on too. I um, enjoyed the there's artwork. been some really good artwork I think in the thirteenth Doctor run thus far. Yeah.
1: And the pacing feels like this doctor's era too i mean it it feels a little slower a little measured a little bit more character interaction than action or plot centric and i think they do a good job capturing that too
0: Uh, i'm just
2: going to chalk it up to my new appreciation of the 13th doctor's era
0: (laughs) i it's funny you say that because and it wasn't on that particular episode of tardis sauce but i think i see what you're saying about both 5 and 13 being affable, but I think they're affable in very different ways. And so I guess I don't see that personality sort of bubbling out of the 13th Doctor in any way, because I still think there's a stark contrast, despite the fact that they're both sort of affable. Really? Yeah.
1: I think... um, I see the comparison.
2: I I just... Yeah, I just... uh... Whereas, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's obvious to me to make comparisons between say, oh, one and six and even 13 or a uh, 12, uh, you know, to the, they, they both have that, that gruff, uh, Ugh. you know, brusque exterior and things, uh, looking at Matt Smith and, and Troughton and, and making comparisons there between kind of the, uh, the, the more playful well, nature of uh, them. That
0: and, was manufactured though, so.
2: Right. And, and very much so on, on Smith's part. But this, and I, that, which is another one that kind of makes me wonder if this is a, a, is is Jody choosing to model this behavior after five, or is she being written into it, maybe because Chibnall is a fan of the Fifth Doctor's era? Which again, maybe can tie back into why I'm not enjoying the 13th stories as much, because while I enjoy Peter Davidson, I don't enjoy the Peter Davidson era a lot and i kind of feel the same way so maybe that's just my personal shading is coloring this comparison more than it's actually there but once it was brought up that they they both kind of have this very very young very friendly very you know forward going especially compared to the doctor that came prior to them and i mean you know they can both be hard don't get me wrong if if you cross them if something goes terribly wrong yeah they're going to they're going to step in and correct it but I, I I just find both of them to be very similar in temperament. And I think that that for whatever reason, having that conversation and then reading this comic on the heels of that, I think maybe that put me in the mindset for, it, which is probably why I enjoyed it a little bit more than maybe even more than I should have because yeah. well, you're I... right the, 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 the threat at the beginning is very much not the threat at the end <laughs> yeah So I'm,
0: I'm glad you've come to that conversation conclusion because and, and i'm glad that's the way it feels for you because i think maybe you will have some more uh um, enjoy so the 13 doctor based on that but i, I just still don't see it
1: <laughs> other than their
0: <laughs> other than having similar hair i mean their hair is similar
2: oh they're so on, identical with hair
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh what do we got they, coming up they, they both wear tan coats i mean come <laughs> on glenn <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't peter davison wear high waters too i mean didn't you see his ankles
2: i think that's
0: oh, no, I, you don't, know what? I don't think so no, i think that yeah, was a yeah yeah that was i mean he had socks on but I, the, the the if they were any higher it was because it was a cricket uniform so <laughs> sean what sean what do we got coming up on this schedule
2: well coming up on the schedule you get to listen to the three of us wax philosophic about base under siege stories next week we're going to take a deep dive into, uh, you know, not just which ones are base under siege because, well, that would be boring, but, uh, you know, is, is this has been a staple of Dr. Who from the beginning, it seems like, uh, and we want to know, is it a good idea? Is it good for the drama? Is it, uh, you know, are, are they too full of tropes to be enjoyable? Is there a secret to making a good base under siege story? We're going to look at all of that and talk about it and see what comes up. Sounds like fun. I'm looking forward to it, but I do love me a base under siege story. So talking <laughs> about base under siege is going to be in my mind, a lot of fun. You guys are going, Oh God, we're going to talk base under siege. Cause Sean's a fan. <laughs> but when you put me in charge of the schedule, you have to expect the occasion. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm abusing my position. Leave me alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, anything else beyond that or.
2: You know, Maybe
0: <laughs> stuff and things, right?
2: <laughs> I suppose it depends on how uh, how angry we make our each, uh, each other with the base under siege discussion. <laughs> it might be the end of the podcast as we know it, and there will be no episode beyond that. At some point, we've got to get back to the master because that schedule has been thrown all. Of oh yeah, I yeah, yeah, don't <laughs>
0: know.
2: All so right, you put an annual in there at some point. All I- <laughs> Well, <laughs> Sean will keep us
0: updated, and you can check for updates on travelthevortex.com And if you get any value out of this podcast, consider putting some value back into it by clicking on that patron link and consider sportiness. And thank you to those of you that already are. And please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. Apple uh, Podcast is one of the most important because it uh, really, really does a lot to bump us up into the ratings there. And make sure you join us in the conversation in our listeners forum on Facebook. There you can engage with other listeners and share your thoughts and insights with us and others. And don't forget, uh, Goodreads uh, Doctor Who Book Club I think well, the, the new poll polls just out. went up for May, so we're going to decide on what we're reading for that. So be sure to go there and check that out and uh, vote for your book or audio. I think there's a couple audios on there this time. So and there's been some audios in the past, but there's two audios and two books on there. So uh, I'm going to throw
2: a quick shout out sure. to uh, uh, Flicks with Friends. We just uploaded a, a formerly lost, never before seen episode uh, that we managed it. to recover. Well, you lived it.
0: Oh yeah, I was in it. Oh yeah.
2: If you think Glenn is somewhat knowledgeable about Doctor Who, you should hear him talk about Golden Era Disney. <laughs> he, 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 he brought his A-game, and it's a great discussion, and it was so great, I had trouble editing it, so we released <laughs> it in two parts. But it's over there, if that's, uh, if that's of interest to you. Yeah, that
0: was a fun one. I enjoyed that.
2: Got to get Keith on the couch now.
0: That's right.
1: (laughs) Eventually.
2: Darn pandemic.
0: Anything else before we close this one? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn.
2: I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the
0: Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.